back to another episode of The Magic Circuit. This is a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about Kanoko Nasu's Tight Moon Universe, which means mostly Fate Grand Order and all other things Fate. I'm Mia. And I'm Ben. And I'm back from Europe, which means it's time to do another episode. Woo! This in a week, but uh, we'll just adjust the schedule. Pretend that yeah. week never happened. Right, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll just, we'll King Crimson it. It's fine. <laughs> It'll 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 work out just fine in the end. If if we have to restart every other Monday next Monday, that's just how it has to be. Um Yes, in all seriousness, uh we are we do have a slightly different topic for this week's episode. Um this is something that I know we had talked about this like quite a while ago. Um about whether or not we wanted to hit like discourse topics on the podcast. Did but, we talk about that on the podcast or just between ourselves? I think just between ourselves. I don't think okay. we talked about it on the podcast at all. If if any longtime listeners want to fact check us on this, maybe we did, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was just something you and I talked about. Okay. Um because we I think we had talked specifically about um Astolfo and Dayon. I'm pretty sure. Right. And like how right, to yes. or and maybe Yankee do also. And like yeah. how to Oh, you know what it was? This probably came up around the When we were um, doing the best uh the the valentines and day episodes yes 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 this this is probably why that happened right um but yes today is going to be the discourse day uh where we talk about some i don't know some some i guess recurring hot topics that come up every now and again um within like particularly the fake community also the type moon community we'll be hitting some like older stuff too mm-hmm. um I don't know. I feel like a majority of the vocal fan base for this series is pretty much like, you know, it's very like cis white redditor type, you know. I mean, I understand you're included in that, Ben, but also, right, like, yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's a thing. Some of these topics just I feel like it would be cool if we just uh, sat down and talked about them in a in a cool space with cool people. You yeah, know, I I think they bear talking about. I am yeah. um, a big believer in the importance of examining the media that you consume. Um, yeah. Not as... And I, I don't necessarily think that that's in order to, like, criticize it, but just to be like, regardless of what you might think on the surface, like, media is important, and what people see in media uh, becomes what they consider to be normal right exactly Um, and things can influence the way you think about stuff in ways that you aren't realizing while it's happening it's very true i think i think it's always useful to take deep dives into the media you consume and think about like what it's saying to you whether or not you're actually taking in that message or not definitely and i also think that it's worth noting that it's like i don't know like disclaimer fate is definitely problematic uh yes it's definitely problematic it's definitely been problematic for a long time clearly a lot of people like it including us and 
clearly a lot of people think that's okay. And I, I also think it's okay. Uh, I think that if there ever comes a point where it's like not okay, I feel like it'll feel pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like a there, lot of this- there are certainly moments in the history of Type Moon where it has towed some lines. Yeah, decidedly. I'm, I'm thinking more like older Tsukihime, like Karuno Kyokai kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of chalk that up to being like, well, that was like kind of 20 years ago, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago, and things were different then, and blah, 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 and you know. Nasu was younger, etc. Nasu was a teenager, yeah. Right. <laughs> Who was trying to do something, like, edgy and cool, but was actually just being a, a bad teenage boy. And I know I would not trust my teenage self to have good opinions and communicate sensitive topics effectively in writing. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't imagine being a, like, a teenage dude and being like, yeah, I can definitely write a character whose background heavily features sexual assault. There's gonna yeah. be no problems with this. It's like... I um I was talking to my brother this past weekend, uh, mm-hmm. who is going into his sophomore year of high school now. Oh, um, and oh, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he, it's not like he has some like I don't want to say shitty takes because it it in the context of what we've been talking about, it makes it sound worse than it is. But um, uh-huh. he has some opinions that are clearly not like fully developed yet. Got it. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if he's going into sophomore year, he's like what, fifteen? He's uh, he's turning sixteen in September. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, I, I was laughing when he was saying something. I don't even remember what it was now. But he, he was saying something, uh, at dinner. And I was like, Aiden, you remind me so much of myself when I was your age and had no idea what was going on. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Was, I can't imagine he was too, too happy about that. No, he, he wasn't pleased with that, but... That's incredibly funny. Well, when he's when he's our age, he'll definitely understand. Yeah. Uh, that boy. Oh, well. He, he has time. He has growing to do. He does. And I think it's definitely fine to be a teen with shitty takes. Like, it sucks, but also, like, you're, you're a teen. You're, like, not an adult yet. You know, right. you have time to grow and learn about, like, how the world works and, you know... Yeah. How politics work and all that stuff. Why things are important. Right. <laughs> you have lots of time to learn why things are important. Yeah. And why that, that's what it is a lot of the time. You know, like mm-hmm. um, when people get like slammed for bad takes, uh, whether it's mm-hmm. in media or whatever else, whatever context, a lot of the time it it's not even that like their opinions are like actively racist or sexist or anything it's just that they don't have the the perspective or i don't know if perspective is the right word but they they're not conscious of why the things they're talking about are important to people who aren't them yes yeah like the nuance of understanding like why certain things matter like representation or whatever right exactly you know it's like some people like particularly like the the you know like the white dude internet commenter type you know you're sort of classic you're you're classic right uh would just be like i don't i don't get it (laughs) yeah when they're having a a heated gamer moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely those are definitely real heated gamer moments (laughs) your controller definitely just whizzed past the monitor you know right Anyway, um, yeah. so before we, we get into 
talking about um, fate. Uh, as much as we are consuming fate, this is also media that people listening to it are consuming. Um, and thus, mm-hmm. you should be aware of who we are to be saying anything. Yes. Um, Good thing. So, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so let's just give a, a quick rundown of our... Um, I guess our our demographic backgrounds. Yeah, I I like hear the word positionality a lot. That was what I like brought up when we were talking. Oh, positionality. Um, yeah, that's the term. Yeah, I just as like you know, sort of like why we feel like we can talk about the things that we are going to talk about in the way that we'll talk about them. Uh, I feel like it's a thing. This is a thing that it's like I don't know. It's like if you're watching. If you're listening to a podcast, for instance, that's, like, very specifically on, like, black issues, chances are it probably has one or more, like, black hosts. Mm-hmm. And they don't really need to say that because, like, you're watching it for that or listening to it for that, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, but for us, is, I feel this like... This is not a discourse pod, so... Yes, this is definitely not a discourse pod. This is usually just us talking about, like, anyway. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, our, our fucking, like, mobile game team comps. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, I am a Korean-American. I'm Asian-American. Um, and definitely, like, visibly so. <laughs> um, definitely a person of color. Uh, and so I feel like I can talk about things, like, with regards to race. From my own personal experience, obviously, I can't, like, you know, I am not, like, latinx or like black but you know i have my own experience so i feel like that's worth something um i'm also trans i'm a trans woman not cis this is definitely going to come into play when we talk about gender Uh uh, because we're gonna hit that hard there's a lot uh, of gender to talk about (laughs) there's a lot of gender to talk about in fate A, a lot more than i think i really realized like until i don't know just sitting down to think about this episode uh there's kind of a lot, and it's kind of just such a casual thing. Like they're just like, yeah, here's this character. We're just, we're just changing the gender. It's fine, right? And everyone's kind of like, uh, sure, I guess. And I'm kind of sitting here like, uh, okay, I guess we can do this again. I was so happy. Wasn't it like last year that we like got no like gender? Like a year bends and ones? a half with no gender bends, yeah. Yeah, and then we just got slammed with them. Yep. It's probably like they ran out of ideas or something. <laughs> but anyways, your turn. I think uh, I said everything important. Yeah. Uh, I am a... Uh, I am a white American, um, possibly asexual <laughs> gender, probably mostly male, but a little <laughs> bit questioning. I don't know. It's a little fuzzy. <laughs> it's a little fuzzy at the moment. Um, yeah. yeah. But but pretty close to um, your your typical straight white dude. Um, right. Uh, so I don't have a lot of personal experience perspective from which to draw on these issues. Um, for what uh, what qualifications. I may have if I had to point to something. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, I have a degree in history. I wrote my history thesis on the uh, history of European and American 
depictions of sub-Saharan Africa through media, especially oh, yeah. like Tarzan and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I do have a bit of historical research background to know what I'm talking about on uh, the other half of what we're going to be talking about, which is not the gender stuff, but um, cultural appropriation and diversity. Yeah. Word. I forgot about that paper. I really, I, I don't know if it's like horrendously boring, but I, I would be curious to give it a look if you've still got it somewhere. Sure, I do. Sweet. Yeah. I feel like, like, yeah, sorry, sorry to put you on the spot with the positionality thing, yeah. but <laughs> I, I guess we, we can say that for, for now you tentatively occupy the, the white cis male demographic space. Yes. <laughs> Whether or not that tr- is true or remains true, we shall see, but currently... That is that is the position where you are, right? Um, oh yeah, so and we're I both. I, I'm by. You said you you did a little sexuality bit. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I got, I got that sweet. I got the B and the T. <laughs> <laughs> we were in. We had the L for a while, but we're definitely in the B now. Uh, and we're both like in our early twenties. If that's important, some oh, people yeah. think that's important. Um, I think middle class background. Which yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think is necessarily relevant to what we're going to be discussing now, but we'll yes. throw that out there. Yes, true. Definitely, like, yes, class class background. If that becomes relevant, we can talk about that. I, d- I don't think it will be for this. Yeah, neither um, do I, but yeah. might as well if, mention If it. we start talking about it, we can be like, okay, let's double back and just talk about that a little more. Cool. Yeah, I think we hit everything. Awesome. Um, <laughs> We said we were going to talk about first case files episodes but oh, i feel like we're so let's far talk about case this. files at the end okay yeah yeah yeah. how about yeah let's let's do that once we've wrapped this up do you want to do that instead of random page or let's see how the timing it? is yeah let's do that okay um yeah i guess we hit the ground with a lot of gender stuff first so maybe do you want to just uh do you want to start there yeah sure and then just kind of work outwards we don't really have like a clear structure for this but we just kind of wanted to hit some big topics uh yeah, so you want to start with um gender bends then sure why don't we start with gender bends okay. um so ben I, and i were oh yeah 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 you, let's you. let's uh let's start by saying so the the alleged history of gender bends in this series um <laughs> i'm not sure to what degree i fully believe this is the case i don't know if this is confirmed or just the thing people like to say okay is that the transition from Fate Prototype to what became Fate Stay Night, uh, and the origin of Gender Bends is that yes. Nasu, while writing the series, was forced to swap around the genders of a bunch of characters because the visual novel publisher told him he needed a male main character and he needed sex scenes in order for them to publish it because it wouldn't sell otherwise. Uh, so if that is the case, which I think for, for the purposes of this, we'll assume that it is. Uh, yeah. because that's generally accepted even though yes. it to me kind of sounds like a little too convenient for people who are trying to like defend the series against mm-hmm. like people who think gender bends are dumb um but we'll assume that's correct <laughs> right. uh right and i think i heard that... it was takeuchi and not the publisher like i've I've heard that version where takeuchi oh, okay. was like hey man this isn't gonna sell we gotta put more titty in it right and that's just uh, like oh, okay <laughs> fine um but that so that's why Saber uh, became a woman, according to the conventional wisdom. Um, yes. And why, like, Perseus got swapped with Medusa, even though that doesn't really make a ton of sense. Right. 
Yeah. So I think from the beginning, uh, it was not really an issue in Fate Stay Night. Um, I would agree. I think like the the fact that they had to turn it into an arrow gay caused maybe some other issues in the writing, but right. not like a a the gender bending itself was not really a problem. Yeah, for any and I. I also think that, like, honestly, I think that the, the like, woman King Arthur take is actually pretty cool. And I think that, especially, like, something that I always think about when I think back to Stay Night um, is the part where they talk about how the, you know, like, like the prophecy said that if you pulled the sword out of the stone that you would be the next king of England. And it just so happened that this teen girl pulled the sword out of the stone. And they were like, okay, I guess you're the king of England. Yeah. Because that's what the prophecy says. Um, which, is, which is fun, because there is a real historical precedent for that. Um, yeah. Which is... There might be other examples, but I think the, the most famous one is um, Jadwiga of Poland, um, who I was... I know the story, actually. Uh, I, don't, I don't know a ton about her. Um, okay. I was brought... She was first brought to my attention because um, she's one of the leaders in a civilization game. Ah, um, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, but she was the first female monarch of Poland, but she is officially styled as uh, king of Poland. Interesting. Um, rather than queen. Interesting. Yeah, so, so there a, is a similar sort of deal. It does make yeah. sense. And uh, I don't know. I mean, definitely the... the... The whole like Shiro being like, but Saber, you're you're a girl. You can't you can't fight. That's bad. Girls don't do that. <laughs> Saber. Yeah. And then Saber like punches a hole in the building. <laughs> right. Uh that that stuff definitely, like, I think was handled not as well. And I think the God, it's been so long since I read the original VN, but I feel like I remember there being something in Saber's character arc about uh, this might be more of a zero thing too. And we could talk forever on like Urobuchi and uh, Urobuchi mm-hmm. and uh, uh, female characters because that's that's just a whole other topic. Yeah, but something about Saber not really getting to live out her girlhood or something like that, and wanting just to be a normal girl. Or am I? Am I? No, I feel like I, I'm not pulling this out of my ass. I don't. Quite no, you're remember definitely where not it comes pulling from. this out of your ass. Um... I, I definitely remember it. I feel like I also remember it not being, like, a very strong part of her character when it did happen. Right, right. Yeah. It, it just kind of felt like some justification for saying, okay, like, here's here's Lady King Arthur, but she has feelings about, like, being a woman. Right. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, I, I think they have done it pretty well because they kind of just said, like, okay, here's King Arthur. It's it's this teen girl. Congrats. <laughs> She's the king of England. You got to deal with this. Everyone else did. You can deal with it. Um, and then where gender bends then became a thing and not just Saber was with the release of uh, Fate Extra and yes. the introduction of Q. Miro. Um, yes, Q and Miro. I think we've, we've talked on this podcast before about how Miro was made into a gender bend purely as a gotcha not gotcha in like the the sense like the rolling the, like, mobile game yeah the like surprise it's actually nero um, yeah, right and not just 
Artoria in a different dress. Right, right. Is the entire reason she looks like she does, which spawned both saber faces and also gender bends being the thing for the franchise. Right. Yes, and again, you know, I I like Nero as a character. This Nero is is definitely has a lot of departures from historical Nero, and mm-hmm. I think that like if they had tried to stay more true to the original, we would have gotten a lot different cast for extra. <laughs> yes. um, but Nero, as she exists in the franchise, I think is really fun. Uh, I think that maybe her handling Estella isn't great, though. I haven't played it more, just basing off of what you've said. Mm-hmm. But you know, she's fun. She's she's wild. She's out there. She's kind of dumb, uh, which I'm about. Yeah, she's so fun th- to watch. I think Nero is far from the worst example, but she is yep. clearly uh, the beginning of the departure from Artoria, where yep. they started making characters gender bends just for the sake of doing it, and right. not because it was important to the character or meaningful in like literally any way. Yes, um, and I think you can also see that by the fact that it's like she has, she's, oh, it's Arturia, but she's got bigger titty, also an ass window. <laughs> right. And the um, the whole, like, uh, sheer dress thing. It's not, mm. like, totally transparent, but it's like you can see her underwear underneath the skirt. Yes. Um, I, did they, they I have, feel like I haven't seen that in fan art in a while. Did they, they just kind of, like, tone that back? They did kind of redesign her in more recent depictions of Nero. Um, the front like triangle because she's got like a full long skirt but like the front of the skirt is sheer sheer um, right 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 but there's, she like, has like tri- the arturia dress but just the front like panel which is normally just like sh- like opaque white is just sheer right uh but in more recent uh extraverse material and just like designs of nero um they have lengthened like the bottom most triangle of the torso part of the dress so that it pokes down further and you don't just like automatically see her underwear when looking at her head on. Oh, I hadn't really realized that. But yeah. it just like thinking about it, I was like, huh, you know, I don't feel like I've seen that iteration of Nero in a while. Right. And it she could still just be has that... tons of cleavage. She still has sure. the butt cleavage window. She still has the um, butt cleavage window. But they did I honestly, take away I respect that the one butt cleavage window. I do respect Wada for being that horny. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a it's a real power move. It's a real power move. <laughs> I, you know, she she was the one who started it all, so I kind of I kind of got to give it to her. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I I agree that Nero is definitely like the starting point, and for just Nero, like gender bends happening. Yeah, with Nero, there's also another element of it that has um, stuck around to some degree throughout the franchise, which I find pretty interesting. Which is yeah. um, that there is frequently. Not always, but usually some sort of justification given in the legend. It's not just, like, yes. entirely arbitrary. Uh, so right. for Nero, the the explanation is that um, the real-life historical Nero uh, was well-known uh, for cross-dressing. And the reason right. Nero Bride exists is that there is one historical anecdote in which uh nero uh married himself to like a a servant um who was a man and Mm. played like the role of the bride in the wedding oh i did not actually know the story but this makes a lot of sense now no i didn't i could have 
I'm surprised we haven't talked about that before. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. That that makes sense. <laughs> right. Um, right. And that that kind of attempt at justification is something that carries through to a lot of the gender bents, even to the modern day. Like we were talking right. earlier today about uh, Nagao Kagetora, who's the newest servant. Um, yes. Well, one of the newest servants from this event, uh, yeah. who is uh, Uesugi Kenshin, and is yep, yep. presented as a gender bend, but maybe isn't actually really. Yes. So Do you I want learned to that whole deal. Yes, I learned earlier today that uh, Nagao Kagitora, aka Uesugi Kenshin. Uh, there is a theory that exists because of this is this is I didn't look into this like super far. I just saw people talking about it somewhere um, and then looked it up myself. Uh, but there was what was it? It was like the Wikipedia article says it was like there was some Spanish guy who I think is only quoted as being like Gonzalez from, from Spain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, said something about Kenshin referring to Kenshin as Tia, which means like aunt, apparently. I don't know any Spanish. Yeah, I could be super Spanish. wrong, but that that's Spanish. that's what it says. Um, which apparently people later figured out was a confusion with something else. But a Japanese scholar who read that and saw that was like, whoa, hang on, galaxy brain. What if Uesugi Kenshin was actually a woman? And then proceeded to yeah, like, I think, use I think a bunch the of confusion other. Confusion was that. Tia can also somehow mean like some sort of measurement amount for of like gold. an amount of gold that was being discussed in the same pack a passage. Right. Presumably yeah. some like unit of like this this much gold is like a Tia. Right. But the the scholar just did some digging and research and kind of used this idea to justify some other parts of uh Kenshin's history like the things I remember were like Kenshin had a lot of um, like experienced like stomach cramps, like severe stomach pains around the tenth of every month. Mm-hmm. Um, was allowed into the women's chamber, which was very unusual. Uh, so we're talking about an era wherein the only people allowed in like the concubines' chamber were their female servants and eunuchs. Right, right exactly. Um. And then there was another thing that I don't quite remember. Like, cause of death being listed as, like, something cause cancer. Of death is esophageal cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how that connected to the theory, though. Yeah, I don't either. But it was, like... Yeah. So, there, there basically, there was, like, some historical precedent. Like, some theory that was, like, hey, maybe. So then they kind of just went with it for, for Kenshin in this latest Guda Guda event. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually sort of cool. Yeah, uh, I can get behind that. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that it... I, I don't know. I don't think it's necessary, but I also don't think it changes a ton, since it seems like the crux of that theory is basically just like, okay, here's some weird slight abnormalities about this person that could probably just be hand-waved, but, you know, for the what sake if? of just entertainment, let's just assume this. You know, just to, like, mm-hmm. entertain the thought. Uh, and I don't think that really changes a lot about, like... I guess how the character would be portrayed in Fate. Right. Because, you know, if we did find out that Uesugi Kenshin was a woman, that would be a pretty big deal, just for, like, you know, women in history kind of thing. But 
in Fate, I feel like they don't really talk about that as much. If that makes sense. Yes. Just um, like, because there are so many just like, like servants who are just like super powered beings. So they all do the women are just insist, like otherworldly strong. Right. They do still insist every time they introduce a new gender bent character on giving Mashu a throwaway line like, wow, I can't believe X historical figure was actually a woman the whole time. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, you like, should wow, be used you really to it by be- now. <laughs> right, you really can't believe it at this point. <laughs> Um, but now, now that we've talked about kind of like the, the history of this, how do you feel about the existence of gender bent servants now? Honestly, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of tired. I, I don't think that we really, unless you do something cool with the narrative, I don't think at this point that it, it really does a ton I've seen different takes on this, uh, some even by other trans folks, that I can get behind and respect, just I don't know if I feel the same way. Um, takes? Like, more, more negative takes? No, like, like, pos- like more, more pro than against. Oh, um, okay. With the examples, like, let's say, of... Uh, the, the two examples that I'm thinking of the most right now are Estolfo and Enkidu. Mm-hmm. Um, well, those aren't, those aren't really gender bends. That's kind of no. different. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that, that's in the same ballpark. It's, yeah. But it's kind of like like the idea... I, I think it extends to like more strict like binary gender bends, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, so hear me out for a second, then I'll work it back into okay. this. Sure. But the idea... or the Some things that I've heard are like, oh, we like we actually like uh, the take on Astolfo, and we like the take on Enkidu because they get to show off more... Um, like less i guess less traditional definitions of masculinity and show off some like gender nonconformity in a way that feels meaningful to people who like that and want more representation of that mm-hmm. and i definitely respect that yeah um, that makes a lot of sense yeah i i think that's super cool and i do totally feel like that uh that definitely has I don't know like I, I think if you find comfort in that I think that that's totally cool I think that I'm a little more skeptical but I also don't like I don't feel the need for that as much um like the thing that Yuri uh who appeared on this podcast in our white day episode and I have talked about in the past and you and I I think also have is that the epic of Gilgamesh is like the world's oldest gay thing yes <laughs> uh you know, I, I'm sure that some scholars will be like, "Oh, they're not actually gay; they're just they're just BFFs uh, who have sex sometimes." Right. <laughs> um, but for all intents and purposes, I think a lot of people will agree. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty gay, at the very least, homoerotic. Right. That actually, and, um, if I can interject for a bit, yeah. Uh, so you you never ended up watching any Sars on my, did you? I have not yet watched any Sars okay. on my. Do no. you Is it mind over? if I? Yeah, it's over. Um, oh my like god, how many episodes ago. was it? Uh, 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeez. Um, I, damn, yeah, go. Would d- you be d- upset if I spoiled some stuff about it for you? Uh, major stuff? Um, pretty major, yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, you started saying this, so yeah, do okay, it. I'll, I'll keep it vague. Um, okay, okay. There is, there are a lot of people who are, I think, correctly given... Ikuhara's uh, history and the kind of stuff he's directed in the sure. past. Um, 
reading Sarazanmai as a commentary on how gay relationships have to be depicted in media a lot of the time. Interesting. In uh, keeping like the aura of plausible deniability where like the the uh the gay lovers have to like there needs to be enough ambiguity in their relationship that people can still viably look at it and say like no they're just like really close friends right. um, and I think it, it you just reminded me of that with talking about Gilgamesh and Enkidu and that's definitely something that fate has carried through to their depiction of these two characters oh yeah um but in a kind of different way, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Um, yeah. But uh, a, a big part of the plot towards the end of Sarazanmai revolves around um, a relationship between two men and whether or not they're actually able to like explicitly say that they're in love with each other. Oh. Well, that's cool. I'm I'm glad that that's a thing, but that also yeah. sounds kind of sad. It is. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, that that does link in with this where uh, you know, it's it's an old probably gay thing and kind of the idea of making Enkidu less explicitly male um and very explicitly I don't know, in some some translations not gendered, other translations, you know, and other people's takes like just non-binary um kind of lessens the impact and value that a sort of traditional like you know, cis gay story has, I guess, if you will. Um, especially since it's so old. And I feel like I'm more inclined to lean that way, but I also, I don't know, like, I see both sides. Uh, so it's not like I'm I'm not going to, like, fight anyone on it, just that I'm kind of like, yeah, that's more where if you ask me how I felt, I would, I would kind of lean. But I do still like Enkidu. I do think that the way that... that Enkidu is depicted is really cool, and I do think their sort of justification, as you were talking about before, like with Nero, mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Kind of being like, yeah, Enkidu was just some clay that the gods just slammed down onto Earth, so it makes sense that this clay doesn't really have Any anatomy. Sort of, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, nor a Need concrete gender, gender identity. expression, yeah. Yeah. And I do think that that's pretty... That is a cool take. It is. But even so. Yeah. As much but, as, like, probably the reason they did that is so that Gilgamesh isn't explicitly gay. Exactly. Right. Um, And I think that... the I don't know. It, it kind of goes... Like, I feel like the way that that relates back to more, like, explicit binary gender bending is kind of, like... I don't know. I, oftentimes, they're just doing this gender swap thing so that... You don't have to feel like you, you, like huge air quotes, as the sort of expected target male demographic audience, don't have to feel bad about like wanting to bang these historical figures. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and so they just make them like hot, hot titty ladies. So I saw a thread on the FGO subreddit the other day, uh, like right after uh-huh. this event dropped that I I felt was like the perfect encapsulation of why they do this sort of thing um uh-huh. is that so oh, i boy. i'm not clear on the details on this um sure so i i could be wrong but part of 
the story is like the ambiguity and the fact that like among the English speaking community, whenever new stuff comes out, nobody's really sure what's going on for a while. Um, Yeah. Because like, there's only a few people who are willing to translate it. And usually they aren't willing to translate it fully because they're just kind of trying to do speed. Yeah. Uh, Um, So they just kind of give summaries. Yeah. But at least in like the first couple days after, uh, the Avenger Nobu came out, there was a right. information starting to circulate about, like, oh, this this Nobu is um, listed as genderless, and we think that the second ascension uh, of this servant is male, and the others are all female. Um, mm-hmm. So, there, I saw a thread of someone, like, trying to like search for clarification on this subject um, okay. because they thought that the second ascension version of oh, no. nobu was really hot and didn't <laughs> want it to be true that it was a boy oh no At, yes <laughs> th- yeah. that is the reason that this exists <laughs> right. you're, you're absolutely right <laughs> it, it was a, a very strangely surreal thing for me to read uh-huh um and the the response was largely like telling this uh confused and upset guy to basically like in, in not so many words get over it uh and if you uh-huh. think it's hot then enjoy it being hot and don't worry about it yeah Right, which I feel like is, I mean, I guess it depends on how they say that and, like, what they're kind of push, like pushing towards. But I feel like that's generally, yeah, it's just like, okay, dude, get over it. Right. <laughs> you can you can like dudes. It's fine. It's 2019. That's, yeah. like, that's, that's pretty okay right now mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, compared to a lot of things going on. <laughs> yeah, but that that is the kind of reason that they do this, I think, just to have more historical figures be marketable. Right. Um, and I think that that that's kind of why I'm I'm mostly against. I think that there are some cool examples, uh, like we were talking about before. Um, you know the the Kenshin thing is pretty cool. We were talking about Hokusai earlier, mm-hmm. uh, where Katsushika Hokusai is the squid, but the, the the gal is his daughter, but she painted under his name after he died. Right. And so that kind of makes so sense. So she also ch- qualifies as Katsushika Hokusai. Katsushika Hokusai. Right. Yeah. And it, it makes sense that the two of them kind of share the identity because they are technically linked in, like, artistic value. Right. Which is why Hokusai is a servant in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, was there another one that we mentioned that was cool? Um, I don't think there was another one we, we talked about today, but it, I'm sure it just flipping through the list i could find some more because there are, also, are yeah. some like pretty cool interpretations mixed in with the ones that are just there for absolutely no reason like right right uh, <laughs> like yeah right like yeah. uh shudin and ibaraki um yeah. benny enma all have like no reason ushiwakamaru right. no reason at all yeah um I'm trying to think of other ones. Okida, Okida and Nobu, I think, are interesting ones because there there isn't any reason, but also they were initially conceived just as joke characters and then kind of took on a life of their own and became more serious later. Right, right. Like Sakura Saber started out as a joke, like 
by Takeuchi, I'm pretty sure for an April Fool's thing. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually, I think it was just like either Takeuchi liked the design so much that it kind of grew, or people liked the design so much that Takeuchi gave it more of like a fleshed out existence. Right. And from that spun like Kohais. Right. Um, and like Gude Gudeis or whatever. Then you have like Naja, who like forever Naja's thing um, in like Chinese myth has always been that like he was a boy but he's always depicted as like super uh androgynous like very uh-huh. very woman like um so fate just went all in and made him a woman but why but lan ling though <laughs> but and, but lan ling yeah but lan ling though uh lan ling's whole thing is that he's a really cute boy right. and they just kept him as a cute boy yeah we could have just had another cute boy. Why'd you got to do this to us? Right. It's things like that where that I'm just like, ah, it, it's not even, it's, it's like you, you just did it because you could. Exactly. And, you know, Neja's not even like big, big money, titty bucks character, you know, that, that's where you got your like Rikos. character and... in this entire franchise. Right. But they still do this thing just, just because. And I, I don't, sometimes it gets to a point where I'm just like, why did you do that? Right. Like, I don't know, Ushi's had some cool moments and stuff like that. You know, it, it's not like these characters all are necessarily useless or that they're bad inherently just because this change was made. But it, sometimes it just feels really unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, we definitely, like, they definitely just made... They definitely just did the gender bend on Ushi just so she could have that horrible outfit with the one boob. <laughs> yeah. Like the one boob out always. Why did you do that? That I wasn't mean, worth I could, it. I could go on a rant about how bad like the original FGO original servants were from like game launch. Um, yeah, Arjuna, Arjuna is good. Uh, yeah. But like so many of the servants that were just like thrown into the franchise when this game came out are oh, so yeah. terrible both in terms yep. of like depiction of the legend and just like bad character design and uninteresting personality yeah um, like i don't know Bodica comes to yeah, mind right uh cool cool legend cool character really sus design and questionable handling right hopefully there's i i feel like there's potential that they can salvage Bodica like I, I do think there is potential for that, especially yeah. because Nero is such an important I don't character. Know, maybe in the we'll franchise. see a, a cool revamp of Bodica once we get to the England Lost Belt. That would be cool. I really Who hope knows? that we get something like that. Yeah. Um, where were we on the gender chain? I don't remember. Oh, uh, we were we were just talking about like justifications. You know what oh, it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another cool one. Um, that hmm? uh, is Francis Drake in Extra. Yes. Yeah, the justification for Drake is really cool. Yeah. Um I don't remember all of the details about like what the the hints were, but there's like an implication that Drake is actually Elizabeth the 1st, right? Yes. Because something about like I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember what all of them were anymore. I thought I knew more, but it was like something that like they had switched places or something like that. Maybe the two of them had met and then one was missing a birthmark or a scar or something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was something along those lines. Uh, unfortunately, that's kind of been discarded in any other depictions of Drake since Extra. Yeah. Uh, but it is still back there in the history of the franchise. Yeah, and it's and still important. It was cool. Yes. 
yeah. And then you just kind of get, I don't know, like, Raiko just passed as a man. Right. And there were no problems. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay, we can do that. <laughs> you know, I, okay, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> well, we're not okay. going to question that one for our yeah. own sakes. Yeah. Uh, oh, Da Vinci also, is a, another pretty cool one. Um, yes. Oh my! I can't believe we forgot Da Vinci. We've yeah, been talking about like, this for so long. A, appeared in the the um, the visage of the Mona Lisa. Yes, because I'm I I haven't actually read a whole like Da Vinci lore thing, but I'm assuming it's just because the Mona Lisa is so synonymous with Da Vinci. Right. I'm pretty sure that's, that's it. Yeah, and that's like that's pretty believable, like by how the Type Moon system works. Mm-hmm that people are colored by how their legends portrayed them. Right. Like, i.e. Salieri. Why Salieri is just like a frothing rage monster is yeah. because of the whole thing where people were like, oh yeah, he totally killed Mozart. This, this though, does... Uh, that's an element of the lore which does run into um, issues when you also compare it against the fact that gender bends exist. Is like, to what degree does yes. the, the historical memory of a figure characterize them and if it if that was everything then these figures who were secretly women but are remembered as men would not be that oh way. yeah just be men right so it it doesn't really make sense uh um, that's true it's, yeah it's one of the one of the points where lore and magic explanations get kind of shoved under the bus for the sake of gameplay and or fan service yes i also Which, just remembered know, paul bunyan uh, as another gender bent example. Oh yeah, but like like um the the Gouda characters, that's just like another meme character. Exactly. Like I remember the, the getting... entire point of Paul Bunyan is that she's a joke, that Paul Bunyan is a tiny girl. Right. And I remember like when you get Paul Bunyan, at least I don't know if they they probably didn't change the line. They I guess they would have had to translate it because she says it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the summoning line when you get Paul Bunyan is like servant berserker paul bunyan why am i a woman (laughs) that's it like it's it's something like that maybe there's like one other line but i definitely remember reading that and being like wow we've really we've really hit rock bottom here but i i do love bunyan i I think her design's really cute but isn't uh isn't moriarty's summon line something along the lines of like servant archer moriarty Perhaps you're expecting a, a, a cute young woman, but no, I'm just an old man. I think that is true. I don't remember I don't remember it exactly, but I think that's right. <laughs> we we love an old man. <laughs> we do like old men. Yes. Old men are old men are very valid in this franchise and mm-hmm. we need more of them. Uh, yeah, and I think that you know, we, things that we haven't mentioned, but I feel like don't really need to be mentioned is like Oh, I get. We have talked about it. I guess just like, hey, why are there so many more like, like women gender bends than like dude gender bends? Oh, it's because like we get the titty bucks, right? You know. Uh, although wah, wah. it does bear pointing out that red hair is a female to male gender bend. Yeah, like one <laughs> of the only ones. <laughs> the the only one I think. The only one. Yeah. I'm pretty oh sure. My God, uh, because oh my God. red hair was a mare in uh, romance of the Five Kingdoms. 
and is get male that. in this game. So there you go. Get that representation. Yep. <laughs> get your sweet horse man, man horse. <laughs> but isn't red hair also just a lubu? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> what was it about the Valentine's horse? thing that? Yeah. That red hair is just talking about horse stuff the whole time. <laughs> yes. Like why you can't feed a horse chocolate or whatever. Yeah, so we uh we gave um red horses dating rank as horse false. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. That was it. Oh boy. But, uh, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I think that's all there is to say uh, explicitly like the concept of gender bending in the series but then you get into yeah. uh a thing which i think has has more room for actual discourse than just like this weird fan service aspect of the series which is i would agree the uh how do you want to phrase it the I, I, gender like the, I guess... presentation of certain characters yeah i would say to like be more ambiguous oh wait sorry the what the the gender presentation of some characters who are meant to be more ambiguous. Yes. Like a like a you mean like an Astolfo Deon? Yes. Yeah. The um the, the gender question marks. <laughs> um lately we've been getting some some fun gender question marks, like you know, you, you got your Nobu, you got your Mothman. Mm-hmm. Those oh, are Moth- those are Mothman is kind of problematic if you like read into it. Um since like the the whole reason Mothman is listed as genderless is because like he oh, replaced right. his he replaced his entire like physical body, body with Mercury so yes. he doesn't have a dick anymore so that makes right. him not a man. That's that's actually yeah. a good point that I hadn't thought about. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, which is which right. is not a, a great line of thought. No, definitely not. Yeah, I guess I haven't really read far enough into lost belt three yet which i still have to do mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah but i don't know i that's one of those weird things where they make characters questionably fuckable for the sake of marketing things right like there's something enticing about the idea of that yeah I don't really I, I understand guess, uh, it. Mothman's gender is listed as I, the Emperor. Oh, okay. Okay, that, that's better. That's, <laughs> that's, <good>. that's really funny. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, because I, I, know, I know about the royal we pronouns, which right. I think are great. Go follow uh, the the Chinchi Duong uh, Twitter, all, <laughs> all of you out there. It's great. It's good. <laughs> seeing, <laughs> I think seeing us capitalized is really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something that's very, very strong about that. Um, I don't know though. I, I, I don't feel good about it, just because, like you know, the, the word like trap gets thrown around, which I think yes. people not in the sphere where that's like a bad fetish thing, especially like trans folks, pretty much unilaterally agree that it's not good. Yes, <laughs> because I it think... implies that there's you know like. Like you go in expecting something that isn't there and that's bad, right? Uh, I think where really you should I, just be willing to go with it. I can tolerate the use of it as to like describe an anime character. Um, I'm not a fan of the term, but I don't think it's that bad. Uh, never refer to a real person as a trap. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know. I, I also, I, I feel pretty negatively about it for anime characters, but it's also like, it's pretty entrenched in the uh, the vocabulary, I guess, for a right. lot of folks. Yeah. And I, you know, it, within your own circle, I feel like it's reasonable to want to regulate that, but I feel like I don't have it in me to try and, like, quell the whole usage of the word. I So I just kind of have to, like, roll with it when I yeah, see exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I can't get into an internet fight every time I see it, but I will, like, if someone is like, hey, Mia, what do you think about this? I'll be like, don't do that. Yeah. Or if, like, someone I care about says that, I'll be like, don't do not do that. Mm-hmm. Just don't. I'm here. What are you doing? <laughs> I think um, this was kind of a thing that was more prominent among anime people, like, last year um, than right now. Mm-hmm. But there was, there was a while going when... I felt like there was this interesting, like, accidental internal discourse going on about the subject when, like, the the R-Traps gay meme was really big. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> where it was like, I had really mixed feelings about, like, on one hand, a lot of the subtext in all of that was really bad, but also yeah. mm-hmm. it was, I felt like it was actually doing a lot to, like, normalize this uh this kind of gender ambiguity among like shitty like, anime boys right yeah like you know? like toxic and toxic masculinity nerd anime people yeah right um and that's, there, that's an there's interesting like a, thought a, fr- a window of a couple months when like apocrypha came out so astolfo was yes. really big and then i still haven't seen the show but um Zombieland Saga was really big, which uh, oh. has a, a trans character in it. Yes, I don't remember her name, and I never watched uh, it, but I heard Lily, it was good. I think. What? Sorry, say it again. I think I think her name was Lily. Yeah, it's Lily. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, <laughs> I I heard vague rumblings about this. Um, I don't know any of the details on it because I don't care about One Piece at all. But I think like <laughs> the the most recent chapter of One Piece. Uh, introduced uh, a trans character. Really? Yeah. I don't know any cool. details on that, uh, but I, right. I heard that it happened. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. I also don't follow One Piece, but if that's if that's true and also handled well, that's good. Right. I see what you're saying, though, that it... it I don't know, as bad as that whole thing was... We'll have to put some content warnings in the, uh, in the show notes, by the way. If you've yeah. listened this far, I'm sorry that we haven't been doing that. I... <laughs> It's, wait, hang on. 11 is, it's like four in the morning because I'm on London time. So I'm like really out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we can, um, we could edit in a thing at the beginning if you think that's important to do. True. Yeah. I think it might be wise. Um, yeah. I do think that the idea of, um, I think that you're like weirdly kind of onto something there, <laughs> just that. As bad as it is, and as a lot of the discussion around it, I'm sure was pretty bad. The fact that it did get those like that demographic talking about it, right, is maybe slightly good. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I, I saw a lot of people saying that like, if you're attracted to like a one of these characters, then that's because like they are female presenting, and like it's not. It, it's not like inherently gay to be attracted to that just because you're also told that they have a penis like which 
the reason people were coming to this conclusion is to justify masturbating to this anime character. Yes. But also, it is true. Yeah. It, um... I don't know. It's a... It's an interesting thing. The The discourse on it as, like... The, this topic gets, like... There, there's lots of, like, trans discourse on this, you know? Mm-hmm. Where I'm it's, sure. like... Like, I'm inclined to say... Like, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's, like, if these were real people, yes, it's gay. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, if it, like, we're taking Astolfo as the as the example here. Well, like, um, I'm not, Astolfo is gay, like, canonically yeah, exactly. as his sexuality. But, like, exactly. is, is it gay for, like, a cis straight real boy to be attracted to Astolfo? Yeah, no, no, that's what I mean. Like, right. like if if your example is Astolfo, I think that that's oh, gay. if, your example if Astolfo, is Astolfo was a real person, yes, yes that's what I was saying. Yes, yes, yes. Um, because yeah. Astolfo is just a is just a femme boy, right? <laughs> and boys can be femme, and that's fine. Yeah, people like the, people aren't really there yet, but that is something that should be acceptable, and mm-hmm. I think is something that we need more of. Uh, so I think that that, yeah, I think that that is gay. Uh, but it's also the thing is. People are willing to justify it by being like, oh, this is just a drawing, and it's clear that, you know, these kinds of characters are drawn this way. Mm-hmm. So that they can be... It's kind of like the idea of making something like like a fictional character relationship questionably gay to to provide the, you know, audience that might have a problem with that. Like, the ability to say, oh, it's fine, it's not actually this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's kind of just the equivalent of, of that. Um. Ugh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um. Oh my god. I I think I know what what you're getting at. Um, yeah, that you know a, what I mean? a lot of these characters, not necessarily in Fate, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. But definitely think, like, in, in Fate, other it's... anime, are just yeah. like designed. I are just like designed as a female character and then the writer says gotcha they have a dick yeah which means that it's male which right (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is then supposed to like wig out all the dudes because for for most of the the male audience like dick equals man right so now we can't go near that yeah which is just a big ug Uh uh-huh but that, that is that is the kind of thing where it's like people use that to justify it and i'm like okay f- whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know i can't waste my time with that i don't think it's cool um i guess i'm i guess i'm glad that it it got like i i have to imagine that some people during th- that period of bad meme time did in fact get something useful out of it <laughs> like the sheer volume of people who who had to view like our traps gay I'm right. sure someone came to some meaningful conclusion from that. Yes. Like, even if it was, like, two people, I'm I, sure it happened. I think for a lot of people, it was probably, like, a, a subconscious thing. Like, uh-huh. they they come to some conclusion about, like, uh, gender ambiguity being okay in anime characters. And then right. maybe at some point in the future, if they encounter someone in their lives who is non-binary, that they right. have, like subconsciously condition themselves to not think that that's a big deal yeah yeah okay that makes sense i would definitely buy that 
Which is kind of like the the sort of thing I was getting into at the beginning of this with like the kind of media that you consume like implants ideas in your head whether you're aware of it or not. Right, right. Very true. Wow, we're almost an hour in and we've only been on this topic. Yeah, it's it's true. We do have a lot to say about this. I know. Um, I mean, yeah. We're I mean, you and I were in the gender. It's real. <laughs> yeah. Do you um I think uh, before we, we move on to uh, the other subject, though, I do want to hear yes. your take on, rather than, like, Astolfo, who is, like, clearly just, like, a, a, a very femme boy. Yeah, um, correct. A, a character like Dayon. Yeah. I think my take on... I mean, well, my take on Dayon is that real Dayon is pretty much as close of a historical figure as you can get to a trans woman without like just because they didn't really have the language for that mm-hmm. <laughs> back then so i think that Dayon being in the game as a very femme presenting person makes a lot of sense i don't think that the way that they handled the like because there there is a part i remember in is it in is it in early it might be Dayon's interlude i think it's Dayon's interlude where like Dayon says to you like oh master like what do you think I am and then you can you pick like man woman and whatever you say Dayon is like hmm I wonder oh that's weird yeah it's really weird about that uh and I don't I don't think that the way that they handle Dayon is in any way good Mm -hmm. um like a very small part of me is happy that Dayon exists at all in this form but I I don't I, I, I can't really condone like her existence in fate as a as as it is. I just I don't I don't think that it's smart. I don't think that it's like smooth. I don't know. Like I, I will much in the way that I will like much in the way that I have max leveled my my Fujino, who is definitely a problematic character, as as a way to be like, don't worry, sweetie, they can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> um, I I will also be like, you know, Dayon De- is good in some ways. Just the the writers got their their grubby hands on her and and they did bad things, but you know, Dayon as an existence, maybe we can try and sever that with like fan content. That's good. Or maybe, I don't know, Agarth is bad, but maybe someday Dion will get a chance for redemption. Yeah, I, um, Agartha did just come out in North America. Yes, that's right. Um, and I think I, I heard vaguely that the English translation team kind of, uh, cleaned it up a little bit. Really? Yeah, um... Because there's some, there's some weird stuff, Nagartha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to say the least. I I don't necessarily want to say that it's like definitely bad and problematic because it's mostly just like weird and incoherent. Uh huh. Um. So I think that that was probably a good move, depending on what exactly it is that they they did. Yeah. Uh, you know. Translation is such a, a arbitrary thing sometimes that it's hard to mm. say for sure. Right. I actually never read um, Agarthe in full 
translated, I don't think, because I just, I was scared. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've just, I've heard lots of people say very bad things about it. Yeah. Um, and then it does have a lot of really problematic things in it. And it's just like really femdom fetishy. It, it just seems like there's... And some aspects of that are worse than others. Yeah, yeah. It it just seems like there's like a, it it feels like they tried way too hard to make it like risque. Yeah. Um. And at least like just from someone who knows vaguely what it's about and hasn't really like read it in full, it seems like one of those things where you look at it and you're like, "This is so clearly offensive that I can't really take it seriously." <laughs> like this is so <laughs> yeah. clearly like people trying really hard to make this like ooh edgy. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's not too far off. Like, a lot of the time it just feels like, oh, they're just trying to do, like, appeal to this specific fetish. And then there are uh-huh. other times when it definitely feels like uh, someone being like, this is what feminism will lead to, where men are slaves. Oh, God. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. You did, you did talk to me about that. Right. And it's like, uh... Yeah, it's a it's a strange chapter. Yeah, DLDR, I, did, I don't. I did kind of still like it for a lot of other reasons. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, I think I think Shahrazad is a good character. I think the the plot of it is cool. Um, yeah, it's just the the their world building choices there are uh, very suspect. Yeah, are very suspect for sure. Yeah, but TLDR, I don't. I, I I'm I'm willing to stand up for Dayon, but I I don't think that the way that she is handled is good. Okay. I will stand by Dayon, she, her, not they, uh-huh. them. Some people will probably fight me on that. I think it if it feels the most right to me. It's definitely one of those things where it's like, again, kind of like with the Enkidu thing. Like, I feel like I'm usually a he, him, Enkidu. Um, yes. Like, that's same. usually how I refer to Enkidu. Right. Um, they do make a pretty big deal out of, like, they, them, Enkidu. Um or, or like, it, it's Enkidu, because, like, Tool of the Gods or something. Right. Because literally a piece of clay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I am into that. I do think it's cool. It's also just... The series is problematic. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to handle stuff, and I feel like it's okay if I'm, like, marginally problematic, because I feel like the rest of the series is. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like people aren't... I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like the interpretation will upset some and like please others. Right. And I don't think that it's world ending enough to like waste a lot of energy on that. Um, Like if it's something that you vibe with a lot, I don't think that anyone should stop you from vibing with it, whatever your interpretation is. Right. You know, like I think that you should be allowed to enjoy this weird new interpretation of a character, even if it's not traditional. Like I think it can still have some merit if you dig into it. I, I think there is there is one last character I want to touch on before we move on from this subject. Oh yeah, um, it's going to be a long is, one. This yeah, episode. this is going to be a long one. Uh, which is a thing that you and I have discussed before, but I find, and I, I'm pretty sure I remember how you feel on it, um, mm-hmm. but I, I do find the idea to be very interesting, mm-hmm. which is that uh, while it was definitely not intended to be this way, uh, Apocrypha kind of accidentally wrote Mordred as a trans man. Oh, Mordred discourse. Yes, yeah. we have talked about this. Right. Yes. And I know that you think that that reading is not really valid. 
think that I, I think I've like softened up on it a little bit. I think that the reading is valid. I think that I think I think at the time I was pretty upset because I think that a lot of people were very much like Mordred is only he him and if you aren't you're transphobic, fight me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was very like, I don't know, there's a lot of like like part of the thing about Mordred's existence, I feel like, is just like stuff with translation and I don't know, maybe just extended materials in Japanese that haven't really been translated or, you know, the nuance of like pronoun usage doesn't really carry over. Right. Um, I, because I it's just, like the Japanese pronouns are like gendered, but not explicitly. So, right. So like, right. you'll have like women who use masculine pronouns, not because they identify as, male or want even like any connotation of maleness but just because those male pronouns are also associated with like toughness exactly right right. like specific and especially in like anime you'll get a lot of those like like women using like ore because like that's like the tough guy thing and it's like oh these are like tough women so they do this thing right and that's the vibe they have yeah and i do think that that's kind of cool um like i'm sure the I'm sure there's probably more to the politics of that than, like, I'm aware of, but I think that just, like, baseline idea, pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I think that the case of Mordred is an interesting one, just because I feel like it probably goes a lot deeper than we know. <laughs> um, right. I think the way I feel now is that the the reading of Trans Mask Mordred is that there's definitely, like, you, you, have, you have a leg to stand on. And a, a pretty a pretty strong one, but I also don't think that you should g- go and fight everyone and say that you're the only one who's right, <laughs> because I think that I don't know. I think there's also like the angle idea of like like I I think that like non-binary Mordred is probably more right than like trans mask Mordred or like non-binary Mordred is probably like like closer to canon safer mm-hmm. um i guess is what i would say but i don't know these are just sort of my takes i i think that like again i think that both are fine i think that like i usually just use she her for mordred because that's just kind of how canon treats mordred right <laughs> um and i think that that's fine uh, <laughs> I, yeah, don't know. I i think the way i i think of it is that um Mordred does not see herself as masculine. She just doesn't want to be thought of as feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something like she she gets upset if people refer to her as a woman. But I believe yes. there are also moments in Apocrypha where she is um upset with people referring to her as like not being a woman as well mm-hmm. right. uh, i'm pretty sure that is a thing that happens yeah it feels like like the sort of the the sort of don't call me a woman scene that i feel like everyone points to i feel like has a lot more there <laughs> it's it feels more to me like that is about like i don't like this label because it's associated with these things for me <laughs> right as opposed to, like, don't call me this because I'm not this. Mm-hmm. I think um, uh, this is a comparison that's going to be completely meaningless to you. Uh, okay, sure. But, but to maybe some of our viewers. Yeah. I 
I think Mordred reminds me a lot of Cersei Lannister in some ways. Um, not necessarily show Cersei, but uh, book. I have to Google Cersei Lannister. Uh, I don't book remember. Cersei. I don't she's mean. she's like the main villain of the the Game of Thrones series. Um, after okay. a certain point, uh, she the one with the short hair. She well, she ends up with short hair after um, her her hair is shaved off in like a public shaming ceremony. Oh, I see. Um, I can't spell. But go. Cersei in in the books yes, at least, um, after uh, her father Tywin's death, uh, Tywin Mia was like the like most powerful person in the Seven Kingdoms. He was like the power behind the thrones. He's uh-huh. like this this brilliant like manipulative uh lord who just like controls everything from the shadows everyone respects him even if they hate him he's like the ultimate guy um the the classic the classic medieval like all-encompassing guy (laughs) yeah right um so after he dies cersei becomes like the person with the most power in king's landing uh and she sees herself as like tywin's successor in like all senses uh in the books she literally refers to him to herself as time with tits <laughs> oh my god um and she has a like gender dynamics play very heavily into cersei's character arc um where like she her she has a twin brother and she talks a lot about how like the two of them were treated totally differently even from the time when they were so young that like nobody could tell the difference between them um and how he was always the one who was like taught to be like tough and fight and everything which she also wanted to do uh Mm. and and she basically is convinced that the reason nobody respects her after tywin dies is because she's a woman even though he's equally as capable as he is Uh Um, uh which certainly plays into it but there's also the fact that she's like insane and incompetent um <laughs> and she she thinks that nobody respects her because nobody will like respect a powerful woman but where it gets complicated is that there are lots of other powerful women in the series and cersei mm-hmm. hates every single one of them uh, oh she actively works to undermine like all of her political rivals who are women uh there's there's one prominent character named Brienne of Tarth who is a female knight uh who um Cersei like repeatedly refers to as like uh like disgusting and unwomanly and despises her for like her life choices of actually like learning to be a fighter um, jeez even though she wanted that yeah so I see so it, there's a lot of like internalized to like yes internalized misogyny it's a it's a very interesting very complicated uh character arc and examination of like gender roles um is this the same in the show by the way uh sort of but not really this okay in, in the books you you only start getting like cersei point of view chapters in book four or five i think it's in five and by the time okay. the show got to that it had already started to fall apart to the point where like the writing is not coherent um, <laughs> got it so there, there is still there's still shades of that but like it, it's definitely not as clear okay um okay. but i i just wondering because I, I was like i feel like if anyone who listens to us consumes game of thrones it's probably through the show and i i don't know 
Right. I, I think that there is a, a similar internal dynamic with Mordred. Um, Interesting. Of, like, being a a strong woman, but hating the... Like, not believing in the idea of a strong woman at the same time, and hating, like, the idea of womanliness. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that that also is a, is a valid reading. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is like, I don't know. I feel like my, my biggest issue with a lot of these is just that sometimes people will really just like, I don't know, just, just be like real pieces of shit and be like, my interpretation is the only interpretation. And this goes for like, you know, if you're like a, th- this could be like a trans Mordred is the only Mordred or like she, her Mordred is the only Mordred, you know, like, pe- people who do that, I feel like it's, I don't know, maybe where I, maybe I was just being pissy, like, a few months ago, just because, like, there was so much discourse happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, well, I guess it was more than a few months ago. I guess it was probably, like, a year ago. Um, But that's the way I feel now. It's just that, like, there's room for interpretation, and especially with something like this, where um, a lot of the multiple layers one where the writing sometimes is just written in this really strange style that doesn't really translate over to english very well right uh this is a series that has a lot of additional materials that aren't translated into english stuff like that i don't know i feel like it's also just important to consider that like no matter what your perspective is unless you are like bilingual fluent in both languages and have consumed all of all of the materials you're probably missing some of the nuance. Mm-hmm. So no matter what hill you choose to die on, no pun intended, I guess, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel like it's just not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's fair. I think unless it's a case where it's like, like for instance, the like Dion baiting thing, I think that's just like actively bad. I think that if you want to be like non-binary down, I'm like, okay, I can, I guess, but yeah. it, it feels like given the historical context of the character, it feels disrespectful and not so great to me mm-hmm. to do that kind of baiting, I guess, if you will. Right. Um, well, I, I think there's also an element you have to respect where like everyone has, uh, everyone has a different thing that they think is the bad one and that is like important to them because of their experiences and yeah, for them true. that is the hill to die on yeah it's true it's true but i feel like i don't know i feel like most people who are reasonably savvy can look at that and be like eh, it's kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. at least with that specific example with others i i think it's yeah right but it's true that I, I think so, so you long know, like as... If you're a trans mask person and, like, Mordred resonates with you, then maybe that's the hill that you choose to... That's, that's your Camland. Exactly, so. yeah. That, that's, that's your Camland, and, yeah. And, and that's valid. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, but I still think that even if you're in that position, that, I don't know, like... Like, if someone really came to me and was like, me, you're wrong with the Dayan thing, I would just be like... Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like I, it's not worth my time to be really that invested because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, this is just something I like and it's not really something I want to like get into 
a ton of huge discourse with like strangers on the internet about. It's something that I, I want to think about and talk about because it's something I like, you know. Right. But I also don't want to waste my time talking like with arguing like, about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know. I have my opinion. At the end of the day, you probably won't change it, especially if it's something like very intrinsic to like my identity and like gender stuff. Because mm-hmm. I have like lots of very like specific feelings on that. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Also, we're almost at an hour and a half, just so you know. Do you do we want to try and hit our like big second uh second topic? Um, or What do you say we like we we cut this episode here, release this one this coming Monday, and then the next Monday after that, which would have been back on normal schedule, we do Fate Stay Woke Part 2 where we talk about the other half. Sure, that sounds Does good. Does that to make me. sense? Yeah, I feel like that seems that seems. And then okay. we'll be back back on the real schedule. Uh, yeah, yeah, that seems good. That seems good. Cool. I'm into that. So, do we want to um, we're hitting like yeah. Do you want to do you want do we want to briefly discuss case files then, or do yeah. we want to just go random page and then done? Uh, let, let's shout out case files. Um, okay. While case files episode, episode one was fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. <laughs> we I was not expecting like the the full backstory episode yeah yeah i thought I we'd think be we were getting get... like just right into the clock tower stuff right and i didn't even know that all that backstory existed but i guess <laughs> it makes sense that it had to have right i'm super happy they they gave waiver like a uh, uh clock tower or uh, case files episode one spoilers <laughs> um <laughs> that they gave waiver the whole like in between fourth war and becoming a lord backstory mm-hmm. being like how did waiver feel after like losing the grail war and iskander like the the person who he came to like trust a lot right um and like became his role model essentially yeah I, I, uh, i'm really glad that we actually got to see that instead of just having like fan theories i did not know until watching that episode that uh alexander the great died in babylon i also didn't know that so that's pretty fucking cool yeah, it is pretty cool and that also makes the the fade zero thing uh like tie in really nice yeah, right. That Urubuchi is a, a, a smart writer sometimes. Apparently. But only sometimes. But only sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I think back to the Banquet of Kings sometimes, which I think is a really good scene, but I feel like there there's like two angles where it's like, yeah, everyone is definitely way more right than Saber um, in that scene, but also the fact that like urubuchi just wrote saber into a corner right i think that's that's an interesting scene because like from an actual modern perspective like actually thinking about their arguments like not only gil but also alexander is saying some really fucked up shit but like yeah saber just doesn't know how to argue back so it comes across that she's wrong exactly right yeah. right yeah and that's the thing where it's like you know <laughs> they got the results and like the people who loved them and like they're like, oh, and you didn't, so you were you were wrong. Cause, like, so you must have done something wrong, yeah. Right, because like, kings are kings are fucked up, and they have to do fucked up things, because people have to look up to people who are like larger than life. Mm-hmm. Faber's like, I just want... I, I like chivalry, and I just want everyone to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no! <laughs> Conquering! Tyranny, that's the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, anyways, Case Files... Yeah, I, I um, do, in addition to, like, the the going to 
like the the home of Gilgamesh and the the death place of Alexander, um, uh-huh. which is like a really cool thing that makes a lot of sense for Waven to do right after the war. Oh, uh, definitely. I also greatly appreciated the insight into how he felt about Kaneth. Um, yeah, because that was something that I, I like. We didn't get a ton of actually in zero i feel like other than the like he i mean he we know he didn't like kenneth and definitely felt super awkward and he was like uh, hey right it's me that kid who stole your relic whoops uh yeah so but so we knew he didn't like kenneth uh For and sure. this added the element that like he didn't like it but he respected him and like learned a lot from him which is right. cool but then also yeah. something we didn't get any of in fate zero is how he felt about kenneth's death because yes. he never learns anything about what happens to Kaneth in Zero. Uh, because right. the war ends, like, the next day. Yep, yep. Um, so it, And he only it, learns after the fact what happened. Right. Uh, it made uh, a lot of sense, finally, as to, like, why he takes up Kaneth's mantle. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, the, the way that he learns about it from Melvin... Uh, makes a lot of sense for why he hates saber faces so much yes because all he really all he really knows at least at the end of that episode and i would be surprised if he learned any more information like about kiritsugu is right, that kenneth was killed didn't. by saber yeah right which means that that that's where like all of the negative emotions go towards right and since he did meet and interact with saber like he has a face to the name mm-hmm because yeah, we that was definitely my favorite part. After we watched it, like uh, until now, because neither of us have read case files. I think we, yeah, I've we read know, part of the manga, but yeah, and I think we know a decent amount about like the characters who show up later. Uh, yes. but we don't really know much of anything about like the plot. Yeah, I know. Um, I know that like um, whatever the manga covers is like a. I know it's a murder mystery. I know they're like in the woods, and I, I know there's a bunch of like random mages who show up, and there's mm-hmm. some hijinks to go down but i don't really know what the whole deal is right um and so we knew about the whole thing with like he makes gray wear bag over her head because <laughs> <laughs> her face reminds him of saber uh, yes but it, it didn't and it, until now i just kind of accepted because like oh yeah the fourth war was dramatic yeah but, right and so he's just like covering all of his like trauma bases and just right. being like i don't want to deal with this on a daily basis but right. i do like you <laughs> But uh, now, knowing how he, what he at least thinks he knows about the connection between Saber and Kaneth, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense why that face would upset him so much for someone yes. who he only like encountered like once or twice, right? And now knows as like Kaneth's killer. Yeah, really smart stuff. It is. Uh, that uh, fuck. What's the guy's name? Which one? Oh my god. The Case Files writer. Oh. It's like Sonda. Sonda something? Okay. I think. Uh, whatever. Hang on. Case Files. I hate, I hate that I have to look up, like, I can't look up Case Files, like FGO. I have to look up, like, Lord L. Malloy II Case Files. <laughs> Yeah, Makoto Sanda. Makoto Sanda is uh, really cool. <laughs> yeah, um, smart guy. I just wanted to get that name because I wanted. I just wanted to say it and get that plug because yeah. uh, d- deserves some credit. It's fucking. Mm-hmm. It fucking rules.
Uh, I my main complaint is just that I want Sven and Flat's designs to be switched. I don't like that Flat has that the, has the like smooth the hair. Cut. Yeah, Flat has a weird bowl cut, and Sven is like the cute one. Flat should be the cute one because Flat's <laughs> Flat. cute. I don't care about Sven. Flat Sven is, is weird and cuter in personality than than Sven is. Yeah, Sven just wants to like smell gray. <laughs> like, that's all I know about Sven after the first episode. No, I don't he like has that. like super smelling, doesn't he? That's like Does he. Have... Oh, because he has like a beast mage craft. Yes. Is that why he goes off on that? He's, that he's not just a... like sniffing gray. Like... Okay. 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 This makes a lot more. It still feels bad and weird, but it, it, at least it, it makes a little, a little sense now. It feels a little weird, but uh, it, it's not as bad as you think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is Cowley's gonna show up? Uh, that's a good question. Because the last the thought. last we see of Calais is he gets dropped with waiver. I don't. Yeah, he gets he gets drafted into like the 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 like El Molloy after school <laughs> uh, detention group. Waivers horrible daycare for magical problem children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, Calais is not in case files, but they might like. Uh, fan wink drop him in there uh-huh i did also really like melvin i knew nothing about melvin's existence prior to this episode but i do think that i i don't necessarily love melvin as a character but i do think the idea of waiver just having this like like hand like like the hand waving of how waiver got to do everything is because he just has this like bajillionaire friend <laughs> yeah. who is just like weird and eccentric and is just willing to throw money at him for no reason uh-huh I think that, like, having what could just be, like, hand-waved as, like, oh, he just took out, like, a huge loan um, as just, like, this walking, like, excuse plot device character <laughs> is incredibly funny. He, uh, I didn't love him from his first impression, but he, yeah. he was pretty entertaining by the end. I agree, I agree. His first impression, I was like, oh, get this horrible man out of here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, he's, like, he's, like, Wavers Okita, but also a shitlord. <laughs> Do you um, do you know how old Rhymes is? By she's got to be like a teen, day. right? She's got to be a teen of some sort. Because she's Cause definitely the, the flashback yeah, the, the she's fucking, interrogating the boost, him. The booster seat, oh, the, <laughs> the evil booster seat, <laughs> the evil booster seat in the interrogation seat is so fucking funny. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite, like one of my favorite parts of the episode, where it's like you see Rhymes like younger, and you're like, oh, like there, the time flashback, the. But then you see that she's on this horrible booster seat. <laughs> and then when Waver's giving her a hard time, like, making excuses not to answer questions, she has the two goons just, like, start pushing him pushing back, him and, back forth. and forth. <laughs> and she's just like, yes, good. <laughs> oh, the booster seat is in the uh, original drawings. Cool. It, it's canon all the way down. She's probably, like, 15, 16, right? 15, 16, yeah. The interrogation scene was seven years in the past? Yeah. Okay. She was definitely, like, a like a preteen, like a yeah. tween. Right. At the oldest. Like, at the oldest, I I would say she's probably, like, 17. Mm-hmm. It does not say on, um, on here, on the wiki. Really? How old she is? Um... I feel like you could maybe do some math and figure it out if you if we got any kind of detail on like when she was born. 
But yeah, no, it's not in the... Uh, yeah, we uh, we don't know. It's on the wiki. Um, Coming of age feels like 18, so she's got to be yeah. younger than that. Right. That would be um, my guess. No, she's definitely younger than that. She's definitely a teen of some sort. Right, but like uh, the idea is that she's holding... Or that Waver's holding the spot until she comes of age. Right. And like like coming of age feels like 18 to me, so she's got to be younger than that. I, I also really like the implication in episode zero when she's talking to uh, Sola Ui's brother at the end. Yeah. That, um, like the actual reason she's doing all this is just so that like Waver becomes the target for any sort of uh, like plots against the... Um, the El Malloy, like clan association, uh-huh, so that uh-huh. she doesn't have to deal with it. Right, so that everything just becomes Waver's problem. Yeah, she's such a shitlord. <laughs> yeah, I think the I, I as much as I liked episode one, I did really just want to like jump right into the clock tower, uh, plot shenanigans. Yeah. Because the episode zero set those up so well. Yeah, it's true. It gave a a really strong idea of the way that these mages interact with each other. Yeah. Like, the the initial scene where they have all of this, like, they're just so shitty to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are. Also, I found this this drawing of Flatten's Finn um, from the light novel, presumably. Um, or Flattens Finn, and I can totally see why they made the character designs uh as different as they did because yeah, these because these boys are practically similar. identical. Um, on the Flat is also on the cover of Strange Fake Volume Four, uh, and his hair is a little bit messier there. Um, yeah, he's got more of the he's got more of the Finn. Yeah, he does. But it's still, like, pretty straight, like it is in, in the anime. I yeah. also think that um, Strange Fake Flat is a few years older than Case Files Flat. That would make sense. Because Strange yeah, Fake it's a different takes timeline, place in, so. in 2018. Um, yeah. Case Files presumably takes place in whatever year the first Case Files novel came out. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I'm like the just coupled with all of the like dialogue and the way that all the scenes were constructed, I like the framing of all the shots and the way that the scenes just like flowed was really nice and the, mm-hmm. the soundtrack was really cool. The soundtrack was awesome. Yeah, it just the whole show felt very just aesthetically realized. Mm-hmm. And it it was it the I really liked the car chase scene in episode zero, like just like having that next to episode one, that was just like really jarring. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought also that just um, kind maybe of cool. the, the one action scene in episode one was like not that great. Uh, the oh the with the with the, with the guy whose name I've already forgotten. Uh, the Mr. Guy's Bar- guy Barzan. Barzan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was like not was not whatever. so hot, but that was also fine because Waver. It was mostly just a chance to show off that like Waver can't actually fight, <laughs> so like right. he doesn't really get any action scenes. He just yeah. gets like he gets to do the like Sherlock Holmes like Robert Downey Jr. thing, <laughs> <laughs> except like without all the martial arts. Waver has to be like the schemer, not like the fighter. 
And I think that they did show that off really well. With, and also, um, like, like that, that, that was really cool when he, he takes out the, the hinges of the door. Yes. Right. Rather than trying to get through it himself. Right. Because he's like, I can't break through the door, but I can break the door. <laughs> right. I don't know. It, it was just really cool, like, seeing that and also seeing, like, seeing that in his backstory in conjunction with the whole bit in episode zero about the cat where he's just like he just feels really awful because he's like if i could just do healing magic like this would be super easy but i just can't so this cat is dead yeah and i was thinking that it was really i don't know i was sort of surprised that if he cared that much that he didn't just go like grab someone who knew healing magic but it seems like it's sort of a matter of pride for him right that like he sort of wants to be able to do things in his own way spin or flat to do it but right outside of them i don't know if there's probably like anybody he could ask yeah it's true but even so i don't it was just something that struck me as kind of odd but also a cool part of his character Mm -hmm. like he would rather just do what he can and let nature run its course than to like ask someone else for help And I feel like that speaks to all of his experiences, like, with Iskander, too. Like, he's trying to be, like, strong and independent. Mm-hmm. It's like in, um, oh my god, Excel Zero Order, where Iskander's like, I don't like you. <laughs> That's he's the like, most heartbreaking thing. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> stop thinking about that all throughout, like, any of the flashback scenes where... Or whenever he's thinking about, like, becoming worthy of being, like, a part of Iskander's army. Yeah. It's like, but but it's all wrong, and Iskander will find out you're doing this and, and say it's bad and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like it, it does speak to the whole, like, trying too hard thing. Yeah. But I think that that's part of what makes Waver a cool character. And why I'm super pumped to have him be the protagonist for the series. He's he's such, like, an inherently, internally conflicted figure. Yes. Honestly, I I just, I kind of can't believe that we got a character this well-written out of this series. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like I, look, I love Shiro to death. I think that Shiro is, is pretty well-written. But besides Shiro, other fake characters that are that well-written i'd like waiver's the only other one i can think of like, i think i think kotomine is an excellently written character oh kotomine is well-written yeah. too but it's like i don't know i think a lot of the female characters kind of fall short mm-hmm. i think that there are a lot of fake characters who are well-written there aren't that many who are like excellent i would agree yeah i think sakura is pretty cool mm-hmm. i do think that sakura has a lot of like weird depth and i do think that i think that the new movies will also help kind of recontextualize that in a 2019 kind of way. Yeah. I, I was having a conversation the other day um, with some people on the Our Anime Podcast Discord about uh, mm. the the different um, ways various incarnations of Heaven's Feel have dealt with the, the sexuality of that route. Yeah. Um, and how, how much of a fan I am of the way they're doing it in the movies uh which and i haven't seen the second movie you still haven't seen the second movie has it i don't think it's come out yet has it i mean i mean i know it came out because you saw it but it hasn't come out on like a piratable version i 
suppose that's true. Yeah, so I I have not been able to watch it because I don't right. have access to it, and I haven't heard anything about like because I I know that the way I was able to see uh oh god presage flower the first one mm-hmm. so many times was because I watched it like when it first came out in Japanese and then I watched it again with you and it came out in the dub right but lost butterfly oh there's a camera. Yeah, there's a camera up on yeah, but uh, that's uh not ideal. Not ideal. <laughs> camera up V two is eight gigs. Oh my <laughs> god, this better be a fucking good camera you snuck into the theater. My god. Yeah, but I I still have not seen it, and I'll probably just be holding out for whenever like the Blu-ray release comes out, and then I'll just pirate that. Right. Shh. <laughs> All right. Uh, was there anything yeah. else you wanted to say about Case Files before we sign off? It fucking rules. It does. Uh, I'm really excited for where it goes. But I think too. we covered everything. Awesome. Shall we do our random page? Uh, no, let's just let's just call it this time. Let's just call it here. That's good. Sounds late. good. Yeah. Oh, it is late. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, I'm I'm tired as fuck. All right. Um. Oh man, it's been a little bit. I'm a little rusty. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at the magic circuit wait that's right yeah yes are there underscores i think it's just yeah it's just just at the the magic circuit yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) okay okay um yes at the magic circuit it's all one word um our soundcloud is the dash magic magic dash dash circuit circuit yeah yeah um you can follow me on twitter at sleepy underscore mimi and Ben continues his path of asceticism mm-hmm. with no social media. And I think that's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh, we'll have... I posted some travel photos as, as consolation for us not being able to get this out on time. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> but I did, in fact, go to Glastonbury Abbey and Grail Arturia on King Arthur's tomb, which I feel like is worth something in exchange for <laughs> not having an episode on time. Yeah. And we will be back on, hopefully. Uh... Hopefully. Uh, barring any further fuck-ups on our part. Uh, yeah. We will be back on the normal schedule with uh, another episode a week after this one comes out, uh, which is going to be Fate Stay Woke Part 2. Uh, yes, where we will hit the rest of the things that we want to talk about. The, the second route. Um, on, <laughs> the second route. I'm not going to try to make a, a, an Unlimited Blade Works pun right now, because I'd probably do it badly and say something bad. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think it would be hard to do it without accidentally saying something bad. Yeah. So I think it, I think it's good to just we someone out there maybe smarter and and woker than us can do that. <laughs> right. Smarter, smarter, woker, and less tired. <laughs> yeah.